And part of me doesn't want to think about that. It's scary, right? I don't want to think about if I keep spending and I eventually don't have any savings, what's going to happen? You're listening to episode 101 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, where I will be sharing with you today my plan and strategies to get completely out of my credit card debt of about $10,000 as soon as possible in 2019, aka today is all about financial fitness. Welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and my goal is to empower you to take that next step on your health and fitness journey. As a fitness, health, and lifestyle entrepreneur, I will share with you stories of triumph, struggle, optimism, and empowerment in all aspects of fitness and health from myself and many guests who have overcome the same obstacles you are working through today. Let's dive into today's topic and get you some actionable steps to apply to your journey. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Danny. I am your host and I am your resource for fitness, food, and travel. And today we're talking about financial fitness because it's the new year. One of your big goals has probably got something to do with money. And guess what? I'm in the same boat. It's super easy to put something on a credit card and say you'll pay it off later. I have done this for years. And since my college career from 2007 to 2013, I have been in tens of thousands of dollars in debt from student loans to having no debt at all and paying it all off due to various circumstances and having lots of savings and now going to being a brand new business owner and having about $10,000 of credit card debt to pay off in 2019. So I'm gonna share with you a little bit of how this fluctuation has happened for me and what I'm currently doing that I've already seen progress with in 2019 to pay it off. But before we dive in to all that good information, I wanna share with you all a healthy Disney review of the week. Actually, I shouldn't say of the week because I'm doing two of these reviews a week, but the review of today for my healthy Disney planning guide is from Vanessa G. And it is titled, Thank God Danny Did the Work and I Didn't Have To, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I love this title. And it's true. I did a lot of work for this, so I appreciate that you recognize that. Vanessa says, I love the way I feel when I'm eating right and exercising. Unfortunately, unless I'm prepared with a plan for my day or week, I am easily tempted by whatever food is nearby. It's easy enough to stick to a schedule when I'm home, but when I'm out of town, it becomes so much harder. Not only do I not have my normal system in place, I act like there's no accountability. The result? I spend my vacations feeling like crap emotionally and physically. Danny's book took care of all of the research I would have had to have done in order to keep healthy during my Disney vacations. It leaves me with no excuses. 
Well, I don't know where a gym is. Nope. There's no healthy options in the theme park, so I might as well eat all of the things. Wrong. No more excuses. Not only can I still enjoy my vacation, I can feel amazing mentally and physically. The only thing I hope is that she writes more of these books for other vacation venues because a book like this is invaluable if you are already a health nut or just committed to being your best self, even on vacation. Vanessa, I can't thank you enough for this. I promise. I promise. There are more books coming and we're going to keep it Disney for a while, but I'm, I'm not going to put the notion of doing other theme parks or other vacation destinations out of it, but there's so much to cover with Disney. I do want to cover Disney World first and that's going to take quite a few volumes. So if you are unfamiliar, this Disney planning guide is, that's what it is. It's about the planning phase first and that's volume one. So the next volume will be on Magic Kingdom and then there will be a volume on Epcot. There is just simply so much to cover in each park. I don't want to overwhelm you with, you know, 800 pages of information when you may only be visiting one park or you're just not ready for all of that. So you can kind of pick and choose, but one one day at a time, one week at a time, one volume at a time, and we'll go from there. So Vanessa, thank you. I know this review is going to help many others make a decision on uh, how they want to approach their Disney vacation. So super cool. And I love that you loved all the research that was done for you. Now, if you would like your free copy of Volume 1 Healthy Disney Planning Guide, all you have to do is leave an honest rating and review for this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any of the other listening platforms. And then just screenshot it and send it to my email, which is danny, D-A-N-Y-E, at thedietdoc.com. So T-H-E-D-I-E-T-D-O-C.com. That email address is in the show notes below, or you can tag me or DM me with it on Instagram. So that's also at Danny Phillips. That is how you get a free copy. My, my author copies that I ordered last week, they should be in, I believe tomorrow, I ordered 50 copies. So I will be giving out some free copies and putting them in places where people that are local to me can purchase them and things like that, but I'm really excited. It is fun to have the tangible copy with you. I love that it's an ebook and that it's going into audio form, but I'm huge on actually taking pen to paper and writing out the activities and doing the work that's in the book because that's how you really kind of ingrain the notions of the planning and the setup for success into your mind. So I really am excited. I can't wait to see your reviews and I can't wait to see you tag me on Instagram with all of your healthy Disney adventures. Enough about Disney though. I know you want to talk budgeting. I know you want to talk finance today and that is what we are going to do. <sighs> money, 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 money. Maybe it's taboo to talk about. I don't know, but I definitely appreciate when I listen or read or watch other people on social media talking about money because somebody else is struggling with it too, right? Money is not an easy thing to deal with, at least not for me. And I want to share with you what I'm doing that's currently working because I haven't figured it all out yet, but I figured out some small things that are working that I've been able to commit to and it's not super overwhelming. So if you feel like you are caught up in debt, but you also feel like you're very knowledgeable of your finances and 
you know what you're doing and you know you have good intentions, this episode is for you. So buckle up if you're in the car. Take some notes if you're not. (laughs) Maybe uh, give this episode a little heart if you're on SoundCloud so that you remember to come back to it later. Screenshot it if you know you're not in a place where you need to take some notes because this is going to be some good information. I want to share with you all a little bit of my background when it comes to money and finances and that kind of up and down hill I mentioned at the beginning. So here are the facts. Here's the background. I went to Auburn University in Auburn, Alabama for college and I was there from 2007 through 2013. Six years, it was supposed to be a four-year degree, but um, you know, sometimes it takes us a little bit extra time (laughs) and that's okay. I started off as a hospitality major, so hotel restaurant management. That's still what I majored in, but I joined Air Force ROTC my senior year, so year number four, and needed to do an extra two years to add those additional classes and to do a couple of other things that it's not really related to the podcast episode today, but I spent six years there and I'm from Louisiana, so that was out of state tuition for me. I know it depends on the state, depends on the college, but out of state tuition is not cheap. Usually 30, 40 grand a year, maybe more. That's a lot. And I'll tell you, I don't know the exact amount that it costs. I don't I don't even need to go back and look it up because it's not even relevant. But it was a lot. I did not have scholarships. (sighs) I was so ready to get out of the house. I didn't even care for scholarships. I just I knew that my parents fortunately had a college savings fund. It didn't cover everything, but it covered a couple of years and I was going to use that. I did end up working hard my last three years and receiving some grants and some scholarship money, but it was never a full ride. It was never just handed to me. I always worked about two or three jobs at a time during a full load of courses while I was in school. So I I did my best to contribute, but it still stands that I had a lot of student loan debt and I know I'm not the only one out there with that. So that's kind of the start. I started off paying for having some of the school paid for, but probably having about maybe 70 or $80,000 worth of student loan debt. And I would have carried that with me into the Air Force. However, I was in a really bad accident. My, let's see, it was October 18th of 2011. So that was my senior, super senior year? Senior year. I can't even remember. Anyway. <laughs> That was, it was, it was really bad. I ended up having to leave school for a couple of months. I've had, okay, bottom line is I was in an accident where I was hit in the face while running outside by a bus and I was medevaced, so helicopter ride out of the area where it happened. And I've since had several facial reconstructive surgeries to correct some of the issues that happened with that. And Basically, from that accident, very fortunately, I I don't seem to have any long-lasting effects other than some scarring. I mean, heaven help me, I don't have any problems down the road. I still have perfect eyesight, but there are some potential complications that could happen down the road. Basically, I received a settlement from the bus company after this accident. They covered all of the medical bills for all of the major surgeries that I had, and then we had a settlement that was to cover upcoming, you know, potential future medical costs, and we parted ways. So 
with that settlement, I ended up being able to pay off my student loans, I paid off my vehicle, and then I had a good chunk of change left over. I want to say it was about, it was between, it was like $150,000 left over after those two big things were paid off. That money my parents had for a while just kind of kept in a savings fund. And after I graduated from college, I joined the military. I was in the Air Force as an officer for four years. And I moved that money from an account that they were just having in a holding place for me into my own savings and investment accounts. So once I got into the military, I was debt free because I was able to pay everything off with that settlement. And I was living within my means. I knew exactly what I was being paid for housing. I knew exactly how much was coming in every two weeks from the military. So I was living a, a really good life. I was very content when it came to money. I knew that I could spend money within a certain amount and still put away a couple hundred dollars every month into savings. And life was hunky-dory, right? And, <laughs> and then we recognize that those periods of life don't always last forever, which is totally fine. My four years in the military came to a close. I finished out that four-year commitment and decided I was ready to transition to a different sector of life, meaning I moved from where I was. I had no more continued income every two weeks. I started my own business and got married, bought a house, had to buy a new vehicle. There were a lot of expenses that came up. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, you may not recognize how many things you have to pay for that you may have taken for granted before when you had a steady paycheck. And that was definitely the case for me. So I very much, I like to spend on credit. I'll just put that out there. I like the thought of spending on credit and then paying it off at the end of every month, which I used to do when I was in the military. When I had that steady stream of income, I was in a very comfortable place with spending, saving, paying off, spending, saving, paying off, and it, it was fine. But once I didn't have that steady income, I was relying on my savings. So fast forward to a year and a half out of the military, you know, again, we put a uh, a lot of money down payment towards the house and I bought a new vehicle pretty much outright and there were other things I wanted to travel with for my bikini bodybuilding shows which every single one of those shows oh my gosh they are expensive they cost maybe three to four thousand dollars each for a weekend when you when you put together all of the travel and the suits and the shoes and the hair and the makeup and the food and the hotels, and, I mean, everything, it is so expensive. Absolutely worth it, loved doing it, but I've, I recognized after trying to fund that when I did not have a steady income, when I was building a business from the ground up, it was not realistic to do long term. But at the time I was thinking, oh, I'm still, you know, I'm fine, I have savings, I can spend on credit and pay off with savings. And that worked for a time, but I definitely let it catch up to me. And I got to a point towards the end of 2018 where I recognized, Danny, you're doing a lot of spending and no saving. In fact, you are taking out a savings to pay off credit cards and you're doing this too frequently. You're saying to yourself over and over, it's going to be different next time. You're going to have that income come through. You won't have to pull from savings. This will be the last time. I mean, have you said that to yourself? 
I was saying it way too frequently. Like, this is going to be the last time. I'll just pull from my savings this one last time. And you can only do that so many times until you don't have any savings left. Now, being completely honest, I do have savings left, but I recognize that I was doing this so frequently, it was dwindling down. So I made a decision to take my savings and put it out of reach so that it would continue to grow slowly but surely, but I don't have access to it. So at this point in time, I... I can't pull out of savings. I've made it so that I'm not able to without a lot of trouble to go through. And I'm learning through <laughs> through time and through experience how to very slowly but surely pay off my debt. So right now I have two credit cards. It's pretty common for most people to have two or more credit cards. One's personal and one's business. And between those two credit cards, I have just shy of $10,000 in credit card debt on there. And I was crunching some numbers right before this. And in my January statement for both of those credit cards combined, it was a total of $9,818.61. And I'm very pleased to say that in less than two weeks, I've already been able to get that total down to $9,388.31. That's a total, I guess you could say, savings of $430.30. So that is how much I have been able to pay off in the past couple of weeks by using the techniques I'm about to share with you. And this is nothing crazy. This is nothing that requires, you know, paying a fancy business owner or finance specialist or anything like that. Literally all I have done is what I'm about to share with you. And it started with listening to a couple of other people's podcasts. And I'll tell you the couple that I listened to and, and YouTube videos. So Gillian Perkins, I watch her YouTube channel and she has given some very tangible tips that I'll go over. Shailene Johnson has mentioned a bunch of good financial information in her podcast, The Shaleen Show, and Jenna Kutcher from The Gold Digger podcast. She has, she shared a story of how she got out of debt by the time she was 29 and a half because she had a goal to do it before 30. And that one really resonated with me because I thought, oh my God, I'm 29. If she can do it by 29 and a half, so can I. So I was kind of like, all right, somebody else has done it. I can do it too. And if that resonates for you, then I hope that you are about to take some serious notes because that's what I did in those podcasts and YouTube videos. I was like, oh my gosh, that's something easy and tangible and I can implement that immediately. Like there's nothing stopping me from doing that. So without further delay, now that you have the background story, these are some of the things that I put in place that have helped me to lower my credit down by $430.30 in the last couple of weeks. And I'm on a good trend. I'm really comfortable. I feel like I've taken ownership of my money and my finances. And that is so comforting instead of, instead of getting a check-in from a client and just putting all that money towards my credit card payoff and then just spending, spending, spending on credit blindly. 
that was not comfortable. That was like, it was always a huge sigh of relief to get a client to pay me a couple hundred dollars. And, but then as soon as I put it towards the credit card, it was like that feeling was gone. I then again, I had no more control over my finances. And so it's been really rewarding to start paying things off really slowly and in small amounts and feel ownership over what I'm doing. Are you struggling with finding the time to make or buy healthy meals for yourself and your family? Trust me, I get it. I am swamped with running back and forth across town during the day, going client to client and not having a second to myself until I get home at night. And honestly, by the time I get home, I do not want to plan a meal or go out to the store for ingredients and then come home and make dinner for myself and my husband. This is why I order healthy organic meals from Caspiana Catering every week. So each week, Jessica Commages and her team put together a beautiful menu of super nutrition meals that include things like vegan entrees, seafood entrees, rainbow veggie spiral salads, protein breakfast porridge, nourishing glow bowls, and then my favorite, the super seed chocolate almond butter raw bar. I know, it sounds amazing. It is. <laughs> These meals are packed with organic foods and micronutrients that will fuel your day, but without the guilt, I promise. Now, if you're interested in saving some time and boosting your health, then head on over to caspianacatering.com and use the code DANNY15, D-A-N-Y-E-1-5, to save 15% on your first order. Side note, these meals are only available in Shreveport, Bossier, Louisiana, and you must get your orders in by Saturday for Monday pickup or delivery. I can't wait to see what you get, and I hope you enjoy. Are you a Disney fan, but you're kind of stressing a little bit because there is so much to do before you go, you don't even know how you're going to handle it all, and you're just already thinking about how much you're going to accidentally indulge on all of those magical goodies and then come home and have to probably diet? Come on, I know you don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone. Not my friends, not my family, not my clients. Nobody needs that. And I figured out the right way to plan your Disney vacation to include just enough health and fitness to make sure that you come home without feeling guilty about the magical vacation you had and feeling like you need to diet. My brand new Healthy Disney ebook is now available on Amazon in Kindle or ebook format as well as paper book paperback format. So I'm really excited to share that with you. It'll be available in audio version as well soon, but I do highly recommend the paperback version. It's really quite like a workbook. There's a ton of activities in there that really take you through mindset and figuring out how to handle objections and talking to the rest of the people that are going on vacation with you and figuring out your workout strategy and how to have some of the fun magical foods, but then make sure you get some of the healthy stuff in there too. So if you're interested, head on over to Amazon or there will be a link in the show notes below and just type in Healthy Disney and you'll see a picture of me flexing next to Pluto. So click on that ebook. All right. I hope you enjoy it and I can't wait to hear what you think. So the question is, what am I doing that stopped my snowball effect to take control of the money and actually live within my current means and not rely on savings? The first thing I wrote down is that I had to recognize my pattern of justifying credit card expenses and paying them off from savings. Like I mentioned, it was happening over and over again. As a brand new business owner, 
I was kind of grasping. I was like, oh, I have savings. Oh, that course for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll take it. Those people are clearly seeing success. I'll see the success there too. It'll pay off in the long run. It makes sense now because I can envision how it's going to help me in the future. And that's not to say that the things I have paid for won't help me down the road, but I was doing it too frequently and I wasn't being smart about it as far as making sure I had that money in the bank not necessarily savings, but in my checking account before I paid for something. Number two was recognize what my future will look like if I don't change my habits now. And part of me doesn't want to think about that. It's scary, right? I don't want to think about if I keep spending and I eventually don't have any savings, what's going to happen? You know, and it comes down to, well, I either have to get another job or get more clients or my husband has to take extra shifts at work and do overtime to help pay for things that I put on a credit card that were supposed to be for my business. And that's not fair. And if it's one thing that is really, really important to me, it's my integrity and knowing that I'm doing things for the right reason and putting myself in that scenario and making him have to work harder and work overtime for something that I had control over just made me feel sick. It hit me in the gut wrong and I really rely on on my gut to make a lot of decisions that are big because it's it's always right and I didn't like the way that felt. So for me that was hard to look into the future but it was going to be harder to actually meet and greet that future that I didn't like than it was to do something about it now. Number three was find resources with actionable and realistic and simple steps to apply to take control and ownership of my money, my saving, and my spending. As I already mentioned, that meant podcasts, YouTube videos, reading books, audiobooks. There are so many resources out there, which I know can be very overwhelming. So find somebody who's in a situation that is similar to yours and take the small action steps. Don't feel like you have to take 87 steps at once or make these big changes. Find the small steps and I'm hoping that you'll get those steps from this podcast. Number four was I needed to decide and commit to the action steps I wanted to take from those resources and then I needed to tell someone about what I was doing for accountability. In this case, It was mostly my husband and I had to say, hey, this is where I am with my budgeting. I don't like it. I know you're not happy about it, but here's my plan of action. This is what I'm going to do. Are you comfortable with this? Does this make sense? And that conversation is very difficult to have, but it is such a relief after you have it. And for me, when I need to have those difficult conversations, sometimes I need to write it down first and almost read off a sheet of paper so that I know exactly what I'm going to say and I have the confidence to say it because I've already written it down. I get it. It is hard to talk about money, but I'm trying to change that narrative for myself and make it easier. And it only gets easier by doing it more often. So we're having kind of family meetings, if you will, you know, every couple of weeks and I'll say, hey, I feel like I've reached this new milestone with paying things off. This is where I am this month. This is what I've paid off on my credit cards. I'm using this strategy and this tactic. And even if it's not even so much for him, yes, it's important for him to know how much I'm making, how much I'm spending, how much I'm saving. 
but it's more so if I speak it out loud, then it makes more sense to me and I believe in it more. And the more I say it, the more I write it down, the more I believe in myself and what I'm doing. And I can see that it's working. When I say it out loud, I know it's working. So that was number four is decide and commit on those action steps and then find a way to hold yourself accountable by telling somebody about it. Number five is take the action daily. And I actually have four ways that I'm gonna share with you that I am taking action daily so that you see exactly what it looks like. Number one is I am checking my bank accounts multiple times daily. Usually before this, I was only checking my bank accounts like maybe the day of or the day after I received a check from a client or when I knew money was coming in. I was avoiding looking at my accounts because I knew that whatever was in there was not something I wanna see. And if you don't know what's coming in or out, then you are wrong. (laughs) I was wrong, I was very wrong because you can do something about it when you know what's going on. If you don't have knowledge, you are ignorant, then you can't do anything about it. So check bank accounts daily. Number two. If I want to make a purchase with my credit card, I check my account and I ensure that I have more in my checking account than what I plan on spending. And then I immediately pay it off, rounding up to the nearest dollar. For example, I am a Starbucks drinker or a local coffee drinker. So just about every single day, I'm going to a coffee shop and I'm spending... Yes, this is maybe ridiculous, but this is kind of like my happy habit. I will spend, you know, $4 and say 63 cents on a coffee, right? It's a gourmet coffee. Yes, it's probably overpriced, but it is totally worth it in my opinion. Now, would my credit card notice if I paid off $5 instead of $4.63? I can tell you it doesn't. It, I don't notice that extra couple of cents at all. Would I notice if I maybe was trying to pay off an extra $5 or an extra $10 every time? Yes, probably. But at this point, I'm not noticing the extra 35 cents or whatever the case may be. So I started doing that. And maybe it wasn't after every single purpose. I do understand that sometimes credit cards or whatnot can charge you if you try to make multiple transactions or payments or payoffs in a single day. I get that. So sometimes you have to kind of look at it as a whole for the day and say, all right, I went to the gas station and I bought coffee and I did this other random thing and it ended up being $24.72. Okay, I'm going to pay off $25 instead of the 24 and change. And I would do that at the end of every day. And once you start building up more of a savings, then you can pay off instead of just rounding up to the nearest dollar, you could round up to the nearest two or the nearest $5. You get the point. I was rounding up to the nearest dollar and I was feeling empowered because I was paying off just a little bit more than what I was spending. Number three, I implemented an envelope system for saving when I was paid in cash by a client. So naturally, if you're not paid in cash by a client, then you may have to adjust this and take money out of your bank account in cash to implement this system. But for me, I have a couple of clients who pay me in cash every month. And so I decided instead of immediately depositing that and paying off the credit card and then blindly spending on the credit card, I was gonna take that money and separate it into envelopes that were supposed to go towards designated things. 
for me right now, that looks like giving myself a weekly budget for what I want to spend going out to eat and for like my daily coffees and things. So I gave myself a daily budget for that. And so I put cash into four different envelopes, one for each week of the month. That's been working well. When I know I only have say $20 to spend a day, then I sometimes will decide to buy a tea instead of a coffee because it's a little bit less. Or I'll make sure that I only get my my lunch at a restaurant instead of like with water instead of a lunch with maybe a fruit drink or something like that something so I'm a little bit more cautious because I'm kind of like okay I only have a certain amount to spend and that includes tax and tip like I have to be a little bit wiser with my purchases so it's not telling myself that I can't make the purchase but it's giving myself some structure within the purchases that I make and not letting it be a free-for-all I also have an envelope for things like uh, haircuts and you know self-care so when it comes to uh, nails or massages or anything like that I've really cut back on those things but I'm still putting in a couple dollars here and there to kind of build that up so that when I want to go do something like that I have that cash there and I don't need to pull out of my credit card another envelope that I have is for my Disney vacations and then another envelope I have is for um, an Alaskan cruise I'm going on this summer that my parents are very graciously taking the whole family on so I recognize that if I want to save money I can't just say oh I'm going to save this money and expect it to show up I have to really have intention behind what I'm saving it for if I don't know what I'm saving it for then it's very easy to spend it because I don't know I don't have a reason so I have to be very intentional about that and then Oh goodness, so I guess I kind of combine these. <laughs> I make notes for these podcasts and then I tend to not use them very well. So number three was that I implemented the envelope system for saving when I'm paid in cash. Number four was actually the cash payment system for the meals every week with uh, $20 a day and then the specific envelope. So you could kind of combine three and four, but one is implementing that envelope system. The other is determining how you use that cash to pay for different things. So I guess you could probably put that into three steps, but regardless, those are the three steps that I have been using and it's working. (laughs) You guys, I can't like, I can't make it up. It's simply working. I mean, I told you the numbers already and I kind of want to do an update on this maybe month to month and let you guys know if these three strategies are still working or if I've changed it up, if I'm doing something different, but I'm determined. And again, this is me putting it out there to you to hold me accountable and say, hey, like, love this episode. I'm implementing this. I know you can pay off your debt. I'm going to pay off my debt too. Like, we're all going to do this together because nobody's perfect. We've all got some debt we're trying to pay off for the most part. And we're going to do it. We just have to have the right intentional strategies behind paying it off. We have to make sure that we know why we're doing it and that there's consequences when we look into the future if we don't. It's in the same way that you have consequences when you look into the future if you don't start eating healthy and exercising today. What do you want that future to look like? Well, guess what? I don't want to be in debt down the road. I have the ability to pay it off now and to save now. I'm going to be smart about it now because I don't want to be stressed out about it later. So those are my steps for... (sighs) Getting stress-free and debt-free. How about that, right? (laughs) The bottom line here, everyone, kind of to wrap things up, is that this is tough. I'm not going to tell you it's not. 
It's a day-to-day stress and a day-to-day struggle, and it does not generally happen overnight. I'm sure. Okay, I don't really know, but I'm pretty darn sure. Even if you won the lottery, you don't get that money the next day. When you do, you don't get all that money because some of it has been taxed. And it just, it's not as simple as just everything one day is all paid off. It's just not, and that's okay. But if you find yourself always relying on savings and spending more than what you make, then you are on your way down a mountain and into a snowball of debt. And eventually that mountain runs out. So make a plan of action and commit to it internally. Write it down and tell someone about it. Know what you are saving for and why it's important to you to pay off the debt. Hashtag interest fees are no fun. Hashtag could have bought another meal with that. Could have bought another Starbucks. (laughs) And then determine after about a month how much you've paid off and do the math to figure out when you can fully pay off your debt. It's really nice to see those month to month goals and then meeting those and then seeing how long it should take you depending on kind of your your projected income what that's going to look like and so for me if i am looking at i'm going to do the math right now for you so if i'm looking at 900 or 9388 dollars and 31 cents i'm going to divide that by the 430 dollars and 30 cents that i have in the past couple of weeks been able to pay off I get 21.81. So let's see. And I'm going to, so if I say the past two weeks, I'm going to divide that by two. So 11 months. So technically, if this is the rate that I'm going, I should be able to pay all of that debt off in about 11 months. So we are hoping, not even hoping, we're going to make sure that happens. And now that I see these numbers, I'm kind of like, ugh. 11 months, can I do it faster? Like where else can I cut back? Where else can I be smarter? I'm gonna do it. I am so pumped to do that. And I am gonna update you guys, even if it's an extra episode. If you're a frequent listener, you know these episodes are Mondays and Wednesdays. Wednesdays are my solo episodes. But if I, I might just do a monthly, like maybe a Friday check-in episode and kind of let you guys know. Because financial fitness is huge. When you are stressed out because of money, it affects everything else in your life. It really does. Stress is such a big reason why people cannot lose weight. You are stressed out. Your cortisol levels are high. You're holding on to that excess weight and it consumes you. I've been there. I've had clients that have been there and it's not something, again, you can't just be stress-free overnight. It does not work that way. It's something you have to work at every single day. So if I can help you by sharing my budgeting and finance journey and what's working and what's not and that helps you to take a step towards paying off your debt or becoming a little less stress-free because you're becoming more confident in handling your finances and conquering that aspect of your life then by golly I'm going to do it that is all I have for you today but I do want to hear from you so let me know do you relate to this situation have you tried these strategies Have they worked for you? What resources or strategies do you recommend based on your experience? I would love to hear from you. If you if you want to send me this feedback, you can either leave it in your rating and review 
on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Anchor, or you can send it to me in my email at danny at the or over on Instagram, comment below the post for this podcast episode 101. I would love to hear your thoughts and your thoughts may help somebody else. So make sure that you take some time and put your thoughts out there so that you can help somebody else out and receive some help from everybody else too. Last but not least, what is coming up for the Fitness Empowerment Podcast in the near future? I've done a couple episodes with the Detour to Neverland crew, Brendan and Catherine. So we'll be talking about all things Disney over there, fitness, food, travel when it comes to Disney. I have an interview set up with Miss Louisiana of 2018. So we'll, hopefully that one pulls through. It hasn't happened yet. I also have an interview lined up with Jessica Comages, who is the owner of Caspiana Catering and Meal Prep, and she is going to talk about wine and her expertise in the wine area, as well as how to be the hostess with the mostess. So if you are excited about those topics, make sure you are subscribed and you have notifications turned on so that you know when these episodes come out. Again, they're on Mondays and Wednesdays, but If you want to make sure that you are the first to hear them, then you want to make sure that you are subscribed and notified. (laughs) That is all from me today. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this journey. And I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. So have an awesome day and I will talk to you soon. Bye everyone. you so much for spending time with me today and listening to the fitness empowerment podcast if you felt empowered to make a change in your life and take the next step on your health and fitness journey then please do me a favor and take a moment to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message this podcast is available via itunes soundcloud and anchor which shares to a multitude of other platforms so make sure you check out the platform that you enjoy most and if you really truly do enjoy this content then please do me another favor and go over to itunes give this podcast a five-star rating and an honest review and that will truly help the podcast to grow and reach as many people as possible so thank you in advance for that Also, if you know of someone, perhaps a friend or family member that has been through a huge struggle in their fitness and health journey and they have overcome that struggle, please pass them on to me. I would love to hear about their journey and share it with the rest of the world. Until next time, cheers to your next leap of strength.